This is the Influencers Network Podcast. I'm your host, Brian Craig. I'm the Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries here in Bentonville, Arkansas. We are uh, back at the home office, but we wanted to uh, report back to you guys from uh, from our leadership summit we had over the weekend. I'm here with our founder, Rocky Fleming. Welcome, Rocky. Thank you, Brian. And uh, anyway, we, uh, we spent last Thursday through Sunday and over in Tahlequah, Oklahoma at, the, at, a, at a location called Camp Heart of the Hills. It was it's a nice facility owned by the Salvation Army. But uh, anyway, uh, Rocky, I just thought that our listeners out there might want to be brought into it. Uh, sure. We'd love everybody in this ministry to be able to all be together, but unfortunately you can't do that. So uh, we just tried to focus on our staff guys and, and let them pick the people that are kind of emerging leaders within their region and their board boards. And plus we have guys in new cities. We had quite a few new cities represented and uh, we had them come and bring a few of their people. So it was a great conglomerate of, of all different kinds of people, plus Costa Rica and Columbia, South America. So, so Rocky, I just wanted to, uh, you and I to reflect a little bit on what we saw and, and the the health of the ministry and the kind of the state of the ministry and all that. So, uh, so tell, why don't you talk about what you saw this weekend and some of your impressions? Well, we had to cancel our retreat that we were going to have last year. Yeah, last September, I think yeah. it was, yeah. Because of COVID. Right. And so uh, even in rolling back into doing it, we were very cautious. Mm-hmm. And uh, because, you know, we're not still not out of this pandemic. Yeah. But there are a lot more people that have been vaccinated, and there are a lot more people that are comfortable with masks or not. And, and we wanted everybody to make their own decision on that. But we feel like that you can take care of your physical health and neglect your spiritual health. And uh, and we have not seen that with our ministry of influencers because of the the, uh, the Zoom journey groups and, and now coming back together. Uh, so, you know, we've seen a great, great health, a great uh, awareness of the need to abide in Christ. Uh, so our objective was try to take our leaders who are conveying this message in their different regions and areas. You have your your regional directors, you have our staff, you have board members, and you have champions. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they came from all over the states and in Costa Rica and Colombia. And so uh, it was the opportunity to bring those guys together. But the other thing that was very unique about our uh, summit this year was how we included all of our global board members Mm-hmm. in the actual ministry, right. in the actual speaking, in the actual table talks, uh, because it's centered around DNA. Mm-hmm. And uh, this was the opportunity to bring these people that are all over the states into one place and talk about something that's extremely important. They hear DNA, but they don't necessarily know why mm-hmm. we continue to emphasize this. And this is the reason, I mean, this was our big objective, and this is why we went for these leaders. And that is, as they're active and as they're expanding out the journey, we want to make sure they don't ever lose their heart. Right. You know, leaders get real busy and neglect their own souls. Mm-hmm. 
So this was an opportunity for us to bring them in and nurture those their souls. Mm-hmm. And and boy, did it nurture. Mm. And uh, I saw so many things that were just amazing. Tears. And uh, that's indicative in a man that something's going on in him. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and I saw laughter. Mm-hmm. I saw uh, people coming uh, to repentance, uh, to turn away from and turn back to the Lord. Mm-hmm. I saw people that had brought in wounds, mm-hmm. uh, orphan spirits, yeah. uh, loneliness. Uh, and I saw them engaged with each other, uh, coming away with new purpose, a drive even, mm-hmm. a deeper love for the Lord. And, uh, and Brian, you know, like I mentioned to you before, there's several ways you look at something like this. You look at the facilities, and the facilities were really neat. Mm-hmm. They were really good. We love that. And, and then you look at the organization. And if you're hands on it, buddy, it's going to be well organized because that's your gift. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and I really sincerely uh, enjoyed being welcomed by the, all, all the people there that were prepared for that. Mm-hmm. And I know that that preparation went on months before then. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then you look at content. Uh, what's the content? And I think that every one of our meetings had tremendous content. And it was it was presented in such a relaxed way that it, it created a lot of reflection. Mm-hmm. And uh, you built in your leadership team built built in a lot of, of margin for them to be able to get out mm-hmm. and spend time with the Lord to reflect and to take it in. Mm-hmm. It was not just about driving them to a gathering and a meeting and preaching and teaching and all that. They got a little bit of that, mm-hmm. but they got a whole lot of heart transfer. Yeah. And that was our objective. Well, and I, at some point I made a comment, and I still feel this way, that it's like time stood still. Yes. It was, like, it was kind of like I felt like we'd been there a week at least. I, at least. And, and I'm going, wait, we're just halfway through this I thing. Know. And it wasn't because it was drudgery. It was no. because it was like God was doing so much in a short amount of time. It was strange. Well, now we need to, we need to reflect on that now. I have never been a part of something that had such a bombardment of prayer. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, The prayer uh, power was felt and seen and still is, by the way. And it preceded this this conference and it was undergirding it the whole time. Yeah. With faithful prayer warriors. And believe me, I might not be able to thank them personally, uh, every one of them. But if you were one of them, I want to thank you here. Yeah. Thank you for doing that because your prayers were answered. And I, I want to just I want to describe a little bit in detail what, right. what that was because I just think it's people might learn from this or, yeah. or not. It's interesting to me because we were you and I were doing the Compelled by Grace series yeah. chapter session by session, and one of your favorites and mine too was the one on saturation prayer, right. the secret of saturation prayer. And we and that you ended up I think writing another blog about it or doing something about it. You've been talking about it a lot lately, and uh, we didn't tell the people in charge of prayer to do anything regarding saturation prayer. But that's what they did is uh, they recruited 60 intercessors. And I think they had more than that who would be willing to start praying for the conference and even start praying specifically for two to three men. Mm -hmm. And then um, not only pray for them, but ask the Holy Spirit if they if he had a message for them and then write them a letter of encouragement based on what they were hearing and just to trust it. 
you know, not to doubt it, just trust what they're hearing and just see what happens. And uh, and then additionally, we had every man who was coming had a person they were praying for. That was we called them a prayer partner, a prayer assignment, and they were doing the same thing. They were praying for that individual, and they wrote them a letter based on what the Holy Spirit was yeah. saying. So, all of that we weren't sure how that was all going to go, but as I look on it now, it was saturation prayer. It was saturating the whole thing and the individuals in prayer. Yes, it was, and you know, I of course I had my prayer partner that we gave our letters to, Tommy Oliver. Yes, be him, but I had an anonymous prayer that was given to me through the website. Through one of the intercessors. Yeah. yeah and uh-huh. then today I met him. Oh, really? Yeah. And he said, you don't, you don't remember me, but we met 15 years ago. Uh-huh. And he's been an observer with the ministry involved somehow. But he told me, he told me I've been praying for it. I said, were you the one that sent that prayer to me anonymously? Mm-hmm. He said, yeah. Because mm-hmm. what he said in his prayer was that he prayed that that I would never get stale, that I would never uh, quit seeking mm. uh, to be the man that God wants me to be or doing the ministry that God wants me to do. Mm. Uh, to do the ministry has to be the outflow of, of the pursuit of Christ, mm-hmm. of following him around, walking with him. And so his prayer was something I want, and I pray for myself all the time. That's mm. one of those things that, you know, we say pray for somebody that we didn't know what to pray. Mm-hmm. Well, and you alluded to it earlier, but um, a lot of our leaders were um, in the middle of a lot of battles. I mean, they were, you know, dealing with health issues themselves or with someone in their family. Uh, they were dealing with uh, attacks, you know, just stuff, warfare in their minds. They were dealing with uh there may have been some guys dealing with some addictions and things like that. You know, just it was all we didn't probably hear everything no. that was happening. We just saw brokenness and repentance. Yeah. And and then, guys, we had two different opportunities where men could come forward and have other men pray for them. Mm-hmm. And and you never know how that's going to go. But we had a lot of men seeking it. They didn't want to stop. That's right. With you. That's right. But I, I heard a couple of stories about guys in, in the middle of the night being waked up with just horrendous demonic stuff that was coming out. Oh yeah, that's right. And, uh, but at the same time, uh, it, 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 uh, it, it moved them closer to Christ and they, and they find that it was bound. Yeah. yeah. And, uh, and that often happens by the way. I feel like that sometimes the Lord allows to us to be tested that way, to drive us closer to him. And that I don't discount, but that could be what happened because the people in particular that I'm talking about, really came down uh, in a in a deep, repentant way to find that emptying of the things that were in, in their life that could be bringing those things into their life. Mm. Well, one of them said that his wife back home was having a real tor- some real tormenting dreams. And so we prayed, you know, and prayed around that. And the next night she slept like a baby and yeah. felt safe and all that. So there's, I'm sure there's warfare oh, that happens around these Well, things. I had it. Yeah. You know, I know you have too, and yeah. I and and I have found that that uh, when that's happening, I initially try to fight it, uh, but I get to the point where I can't fight it, and I just ask God to come in, step in there between us, mm-hmm. and lay down at night and say, Lord, you know how these thoughts start coming at me, and I want to ask you to just help me, uh, shield me from them, don't let them come, mm-hmm. and uh, and I have found my best nights of sleep when I do that. 
So we're, we need to be always reminded that there's a real spiritual uh, battle out there. Yeah. A lot of times we don't see it. You know, one of the, the parts of the uh, Beyond the Inner Chamber uh, was the vision the Lord gave me is that you have a group of people moving back to the Holy Mountain and they're praying for each other and encouraging each other, but they don't realize above them is a big time warfare that's going on mm-hmm. between the angels of God and, and the enemy yeah. and how they're protecting those men who are in that group down there. And uh, so I, I kind of feel that. I feel like whenever we have a journey group, we tell them up front, you're going to be challenged now. Be ready for this. Uh, some You might even have some difficulty. Be ready for that. But remember, God will use these things to drive you closer to him. Mm-hmm. And he is never uh, not able to overcome what comes at you. That's right. Um, one one thing that we always do, and we did it here, is we had breakout groups, and we were intentional about mixing them up to have guys diverse from every group had guys from all over the country, yeah. you know, and and the guys always love that, and there's all sorts of new friendships that are formed, mm-hmm. and there's conversations and group now group texts and stuff that are continuing on, and yeah. people are I, I have it with my breakout group, and um, I love my there's something about that group. Yeah, I mean it's just it's interesting how. Um, everyone has a little different perspective where, depending on where you live in the country and how you got exposed to the journey yeah. and all that. So it just blends it all together into kind of a unity. Everybody starts getting on the same page, you know. Well, what was consistent with all those guys is they're absolutely sold out on the journey. Yes, that's right. That's right. And um, and it's easy to talk about uh, being all in with Jesus when they understand that our mission is all about that. Yeah. Is that intimacy with Christ. Yeah. One thing I wanted to ask you, Rocky, was uh, because this was a leadership summit, um, what, how would we define a leader in this ministry? Some people might be wondering, what do you, what do you mean leader? What, how do we consider a leader? Well, that's, a, that's an interesting question that you asked that. And, and, and I have to kind of think out loud here when I answer it. But uh, I think about how we define uh, a leader of a journey group is we want them to understand that they're guides. Yeah. They're guiding people on on a journey where they're going. Mm -hmm. And it has to do about wanting to help that person along as they help themselves. Mm -hmm. Now, that's the beginning of leadership as far as I'm concerned. We don't call them leaders in that vein. We just call them guides. That is the way they lead. Because they're on the journey with their guides. Yeah. And so the way we lead, uh, I think, is important for for people to understand because if you use a traditional form of leadership, whether it's uh, athletic or military or whatever, you would almost look at it as autocratic. Yeah. And, uh, but this is not the way it is. We, best way to describe is servant leadership. Servant leadership, yeah. Which is being a guide. Now, those people there would represent people that are leading journey groups multiple times, that they have reproduction that's coming out of their journey groups, and they've been at it for a good while that they are completely understand what we're trying to do and they've joined this movement. Uh, they would include uh, people that would be regarded as not only our staff and our boards, but also our champions. Mm-hmm. And then those champions will be kind of overseeing an area where they're raising up uh, uh, people that will be guiding journey groups, but would be coming together to form almost like a, uh, almost like a regional area that we would have. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And uh, and so I would say that 
that the best way to describe these leaders are the ones who have been experienced and are fully committed to uh, using the journey with discipling. Yeah. And, uh, and also with wanting to keep it like it needs to be kept. Well, and I, I, I'll add to that just a little bit. I think that um, I think it's self-evident. You know, like like the regional directors don't have to think long to identify who these guys are. And and I think it's somebody that, in my, my way of thinking about it, it's somebody that is so fired up about what they have found in the journey that they would never dream of not leading a journey group. I mean, yeah. they just say, like, I'm in this for life. This isn't just something I did one time or a couple of times. I mean, I'm going to be, I'll always have a journey group. I mean, they're, and you and I know guys like that, you know, and and whether they're on staff or whether they're on a board, it doesn't matter. They're still going to do. Those are leaders in my mind. I think because I think they're called. They're called to this ministry. Absolutely. And not everybody is, but I, some are called to this ministry. Well, leadership is not an ugly word. No. Um, but uh, it needs to be understood through our perspective with influencers. Mm-hmm. And and I do think that. Uh, that we, are, we see ourselves mainly as, as people that God has called to be messengers. And we, and, and, and we transfer what we feel is a, a process that helps people get into this intimacy with Christ, this intimate abiding relationship with Christ. But the thing that, that I believe and have always believed about this, you know that, is I don't separate someone who's paid staff Versus someone who is volunteer. No, yeah, yeah. You know, I, I feel like that we, our main leadership structure, and I'm going to use that word, okay, has to do not with our staff, you and me, and our and our pay staff, but it would be our non-paid uh, uh, boards, whether mm-hmm. it's a global board, or regional board, and the non-paid uh, champions, the people that are out there that are. I mean, we have so many people that could almost be regarded as full-time. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Because of, of the way they're reinvesting their lives. But it's because of love for Christ yeah. and passion at serving Him. But, right. And this is the type of leaders that we're seeing raised up. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, uh, yeah, I, I would you know, you, you commented before the summit when we did a little podcast that out of the 120 guys that were coming— only about six or seven are paid paid staff yeah, or whatever. Yeah, you know, there's just these are guys that just love that love doing this, and we're reaching thousands of people yeah. through just a, a grassroots army, if you will. Yeah. Well, all of us who are paid staff left successful careers to be able to come into this to do this because of being called by the Lord. Mm-hmm. But being called by the Lord is not restricted just to people that are professional. Mm-hmm. The call is on all of us. All Christians are called. And we're called to make disciples. But a lot of people just don't know how to do it. Hmm. And, and one of the things that happens within the journey is it, it does raise up leaders. Hmm. Because what it, it not only helps them learn how to guide other journey groups, but it also reveals their spiritual gifts. And they understand the enablement of their spiritual gifts. And whether they lead another journey group or not, what they do have is this ability to affect their world around them. Mm-hmm. And so there are going to be leaders that are going to be raised up because God takes that person and makes them an example of someone who's trying to walk with him. Mm-hmm. I want to, so we've talked a little bit about, 
the, you know, the focus was on the soul health of our leaders, but it was also, you mentioned DNA transfer and yeah. all that. And I was thinking about a book I read a few years ago called the, called It, yeah. and it was written by yeah. Craig Groeschel from uh-huh. uh, you know, Life Church. But he was just talking about how some churches have it and some don't, you know, or, or organizations have it. And the, you know, what is the it? Yeah. It's just some sort of an intangible thing that that is bearing fruit and success in an organization they got to so every organization needs to know what it, what it is for them yeah. and then you got to make sure you're always reiterating and to me in our case it's is what is our calling our mission our purpose and so i think we did spend quite a bit of time reiterating who we are, why we are reiterating i mean we even uh, spent one night just recounting the footst- the fingerprints and the footsteps of where we've come in 20 years yeah. and how it how it spread. Mm-hmm. And I had a guy come up to me and tell me that at first blan- uh, glance when he thought of influencers, he said, well, I mean, they're not even that big. I mean, they're not in the big cities. And, you know, I mean, are, are there, is there even that many people involved in this? But when he heard how it had spread without much effort. I mean, just the Holy Spirit spreading it and it has such a broad reach. He was pretty blown away. I mean, he saw how God is spreading this thing in a way that, you know, man wouldn't have done it. Well, we have tens of thousands that have gone through the journey and lives have been changed more than we can know, honestly, because when you have, as an example, a man whose life has changed, we we can't measure how it impacts his marriage, his children, his employees, his church, you know, his employer, because he has, you know, an effect, influence, and we can't, we can't count that. But here's, here's a truth. If we even knew that we had millions, I would not want it to be about influencers. Right. That's it. That's just it. Because we don't want recognition. Mm -mm. And it might be he hadn't heard about us because we don't want to be heard about. We want to enable a movement that will, and the, the, the purpose of influencers is simply to support the message of intimacy with Christ. Yeah. It's about supporting the distribution of the journey. Yeah, we're not building a ministry. Not at all. Right, that's right. And, I, and, and how we measure if we're effective or just trans, transform lives. That's right. Uh, we, uh, I mean, look, we could go public on book sales and probably make a lot of money on that, but we don't. Because everything we're doing is tied to making a disciple, not making money. We're operating under a different uh, perspective mm-hmm. with the way we use our time and our effort. We're investing in a smaller number of people to help them go really, really deep because of the effect that they have on a larger number of people around them. Mm-hmm. So if you take a, a thousand people and they l- learn to walk with Christ and start abiding with Him, they're going to affect 10 or Hundred people, five hundred people. Mm-hmm. Look at the multiplication there. Yeah, it doesn't track back to us though, because it doesn't matter. Yeah. And so, if you have these tens of thousands that's going through the journey, we have no idea. But we hear. Yeah, and it, it's that phrase: uh, n- uh, fingerprints on everything, name on nothing. Yeah, and if we do it right, that's the way we'll always be, yeah. even though yeah. we'll have a, a footprint of millions of people. And I think, you know, these a lot of these leaders are very strong personality types and all that. So it's it's good to, for them to be reminded because they because they're very capable and you know, they can do a lot of things. But to know that they can even do more if they get out of the way. Well, if they saw our global board, they would understand that they saw a true picture yeah. of successful people who get out of the way. Mm-hmm. 
and they understand that the most important thing with them is their walk with Jesus and him having their way with them. And our guys really, they really presented a great picture. I'm so proud of our global board. Yeah, yeah, they did a great job. Plus helping organize the whole thing. Yeah, and, and, then, that it was and great. speaking. Yeah. Oh, yeah. They were the speakers. That's yeah. right. That's right. Normally we do our staff guys, but we let the staff guys be kind of in the background and be yeah. ministered to. Right. And they got was, ministered to. Yeah, which was great. because And they loved it because they don't get a chance to. They're always on. You know, yeah. they always have things to do and people to minister to. But, but we've heard them going back now. Yeah. They're talking about the effect of it and even wanting to bring some uh, maybe some modifications to what they're doing. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it made everybody want to go back and revisit yeah. the health of their own regions, which is what we hoped mm-hmm. that these guys would. I, I kind of envisioned it like a big, uh, huge bonfire and everybody there had a torch and they stuck their torch in and got the fire and now they're going to take it back that's home. That's good. It's a good deal. Bring yeah. the fire back. It's a good visualization of that. And that's what I'm hoping, you know, and I think we already have seen evidence of that. So, so yeah. So, um, anyway, people were asking us, when are we going to do it again? You know, yeah. I mean, you know, cause it was so good. And, uh, and my answer is we don't know. <laughs> yeah. We, you know, it's, it takes a lot out of us to do that. Mm-hmm. And especially you, mm-hmm. but, uh, it, it, it does. And, you know, our, our main mission is to, you know, small group making disciples and supporting that effort, yeah. expanding that mission uh, outward. Uh, we come in here to refresh and to remind, and we'll, be, and we'll keep doing that. But sure. it's, these events are not driven toward, you know, something that would be toward entertainment or something. It's more driven toward trying to help us understand better, even more so, what Christ is telling us about taking this thing forward mm-hmm. and going outward. Yeah. And these these people are very important to that mission. Oh, yeah. And as we expand outward, we will always, always have that tension on us to nurture and protect the hearts and souls of those people who are involved with taking this ministry outward. Yeah. And I don't know how, if we'll have to be able to do it on a national basis or if we have to do it on a quarterly basis, which, you know, this office is willing to uh, commit resources to try to get there out on a quarterly basis. Excuse me. I said quarterly. I mean regional basis. We, yeah. We, uh, we want to get out there on a regional basis and try to help them. Well, yeah, yeah. And I think, you know, these guys could put on their own DNA summits if they, you know, wanted to in their own yeah. regions because yeah. they get it, you know. And, you know, there's probably two or three hundred more people who could have been at this conference who we would consider leaders. But, you know, you just we just prayed about the right people to be there for this particular one. Yeah. But we'll do this often enough that there'll be other opportunities for people. Yeah, so. we we had to make it the invitation, honestly, yeah. because if we if we had rolled it out, we, our facilities would not have been big enough for it. That's right. That's right. So we had to, you know, we had to consider the facilities. Then we had to consider that now this is more targeted toward you know, the people that are involved with the distribution of the message. Yeah. But later on, I'm sure we'll be having some others. Yeah. And uh, and it, it seemed to work really well because you can accomplish more with a smaller number than if you, you know, if you had 500 guys, it's it's just too hard to to yeah. do as much as you can do with 120 guys, you yeah. know. So it was, it was really, I think it was by design by God, yeah. really. So, Absolutely. So any other comments or any observations before we wrap up? Well, just thank you for what you did. Yeah effort you put in and thank you for raising up those great people that you know were part of it mm-hmm. uh, you know Jamie uh, Jamie yeah. Lynn yeah. Uh, is uh, 
was a great part of organizing the prayer effort. Met a lot of women praying for this. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, the women's ministries was something that in the future we're hoping to see that unfold mm-hmm. and that they will take it and run with it. We'll, we'll, you know, we want to share share the truth of what God's given us and let them run with it. Yeah, I just talked to Jamie this morning, and they're they're now they're really fired up. The women are getting fired up. They want theirs. They want a women's and summit, we, and we want them to. Yeah, and, and and we're asking, what can we do to help? Right, that's right. And just you know, a little side, quick side note: Jamie Lynn found out of this ministry because she stumbled upon one of our U uh, version Bible app devos, and then it really touched her. And she's like, "Who are these people?" And went to the website, you know. And the next thing you know, we get her and her husband plugged into a virtual. Couples during group. She's up in Rhode Island, and uh, and now she's not only you know she's helping with our communications and she's yeah. helping lead journey groups and women's ministries. So, and, yeah. You know, but this is a testimony of the way this ministry's ex- expanded. Yeah, uh, because that was the early on prayer of me of me was that Lord uh, bring me some people that will join this. Yeah, and uh, have the passion and heart. To, Want to be a part of this structure, leadership structure that we have. Keep having to use the word leader. I don't know what what else to use. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, that was a theme of the weekend is um, really praying and trusting the Lord to show you who you're supposed to invite to your journey groups. To if you're supposed to go visit with the church and tell them about it. If yeah. you know whatever you know in a region or or even our leaders who's supposed to be involved. God raises them up. Well, Brian, there's one other thing I will say, and I think I said it to you earlier. You know, early on, I had such a burden about transfer of the DNA to successor yeah. leadership that come along. And I saw that as so critically important because it's the heart of who we are, uh, what we do, and why we're that way. And I felt if we ever lost that, then God's hand would be removed from us because I think we are finding favor. I do feel like it. The ministry is anointed, and it's a delicate thing. The anointing of God is very delicate. So I wanted, to, I wanted to do my best to transfer this to successor leaders that will own it, that they will, it'll be hard, it'll be in their hearts. And I am very happy to say that I saw that. Mm. I do feel that if God took me away tomorrow, that uh, this ministry keep going, that I'm not going to be required. Mm. And and that's a good feeling when 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 you kind of carry a burden, and feeling that uh, that if I'm not there, they might forget it, they might not see it as important. Mm-hmm. But uh, I guess for the first time, I have felt completely released from that concern. Mm-hmm. That's awesome. I mean, I think it is. I mean, that it blesses me to hear you say that. Well. Um, um, I will tell everybody our time's up on this, but I, I, we are we did record some of the messages. Um, you did one, I did one, you know, and we're going to share those as podcasts because I think people might want to, you know, get a little taste of what happened there that weekend. And sure. So we'll be releasing those as podcasts in coming weeks. So I think people enjoy that. Yeah. So also got to interview the young man uh, Niles Graham from Sacramento, who I had done a pre a previous podcast with, and we've been tracking him through his progress in the journey. So yeah. uh, we had a great great podcast interview while yeah. we were there. So. Anyway, a lot of great things coming. So, uh, all right. Well, anyway, um, this has been the Influencers Network podcast. And uh, 
Hope you're enjoying this. Hope you know about all the other broadcasts we've done. They're on our website, influencers.org. We have a whole podcast page, but they're also on Spotify and Google and Apple Podcasts as well. So you can find those there. Also, be sure you check out the website. There's all sorts of uh, resources for you. You may not even know we're there. If you're a guide, you can go to the guide page. If you're a, a newly participant, you can go to that page and you can find all sorts of things you didn't know that we had out there for you. So anyway, uh, my name is Brian Craig, Executive Director for Influencers Global Ministries, and I'm going to keep encouraging you to abide in Christ and go make disciples. God bless you.